0: blog talk radio
1: blog talk radio Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swing.
2: yeah ain't got nothing good to say. You really want to know how I got? I'm in Toronto?
3: I can't wait to leave and join my friend Kawhi Leonard in LA.
2: You.
0: Oh, you going got to be kidding me!
4: What? The Hall of Famer! Toronto's own Edge is here at SummerSlam! Oh, oh, oh. this moment reeks
3: of awesomeness! We can't have the biggest party of the summer without the rated R superstar... They are standing on their feet here in Toronto. How can you forget the incredible TLC match against John Cena at SummerSlam in this very building. Some would argue that the TLC match was born here 19 years ago. One of the greatest ever, the rated R superstar. The Hardys, the Dudleys, Edge, and Christian competed in TLC 19 years ago at SummerSlam. What a fitting return for the Hall of Famer.
0: See
3: the emotion in Edge's eyes. Welcome home.
1: So yeah, I, I cut it off early because it's like a six-minute clip. But uh, yeah, for those of you who missed SummerSlam last night, the highlight of my night was that right there. Alexa Bliss was on the kickoff show, so I thought, okay, you know, kickoff show, whatever. Like you know, it's a it's a pretty loaded card. Um, and then when that happened, I I well I, I again as I told Icon, I'm not going to lie on the air. I'm an honest person. I didn't watch a lot of it because I had to cover the Yankees last night. I went back and watched it after, uh, but I watched it, you know, as if I was watching it live. And uh, yeah, that, um, that made me, uh, it made me almost poop myself when that came out. And you know, the fact that he looked so good um, was uh, yeah, was, was awesome to me. I mean, that was the highlight of my night. I, I don't know about you guys if you guys enjoyed that or anything but that was definitely the highlight of my <laughs> evening uh and that is what made SummerSlam a great event for me. I don't know about you guys if you feel the same but that was that was the best part of the show to see him back with the long hair again um and and experience somebody, you know, like like he's done so many times before was uh was just was just great for me. So Overall
5: though, we do
0: have
3: well now that uh now that you played that clip and uh people turning tuning into the show thinking they're gonna get attitude air Live, uh decided to quit downloading the show because that clip was so long and it cut out, so uh now we gotta fight <laughs> to get our listeners back. So Oh, uh, sure,
1: sure we do. Anybody who watched last night knows for a fact that uh that, that was that was a hell of a moment and um you know it's a spoiler alert. If you didn't watch SummerSlam yet, now you know part of what happened. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, now nah, our listeners our listeners are loyal. We have great listeners, great fans. Unlike the WWE but, Universe. Right. Uh, <laughs> we have but, great fans. Uh, before, we get, before we
3: discuss SummerSlam, uh, our first guest should be calling in here in about uh, 10 minutes. I just want to give a quick rundown of who our guests are. Yeah, I'll, and keep, we'll,
1: uh, and I'll, I'll keep a lookout for them as well.
3: And then, uh, yeah, and then we'll uh, update people on what's going on in our lives before we get into the show here. Uh, sure. Tonight we're going to have uh, V-Train. Uh, He's okay. our first guest. And uh, then uh, we're going to have uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Tony DiNucci uh the AWF. Ooh. We're going to ask Ooh. him about uh, the Icon's guest appearance in the ring at Red Hawk Chaos live in Fargo, North Dakota. In August, uh, the, the, uh, this Sunday, as a matter of fact, as well as the Icon, and I'd say about an hour, an hour or so from now, the Icon is going to bring the bad guy, Razor Ramon, right on this show. Razor Ramon is going to be here on this show. And the icon is making it happen,
5: wow <laughs> that's amazing that's right
1: and 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 Raisin Ramon um obviously a legend um and I you know that that's just the icon doing what the icon does is getting not just guests for us every week. A pretty big-time guest for us every week as well. Uh And speaking of surprises here, somebody who I thought was well on her way to AEW, Sasha Banks, is back. And she just, um She
5: just turned on Natalia and,
1: and yeah, here no, no, Becky Lynch. <laughs> he, well, here's the thing about Natalia. I love the Hart family. They're a big endorser of the show. Um, we've had several Hart family members on. Uh, obviously we play their commercial every week. So they're, you know, they're, they're a big endorser of the show. Um, but Natalia has been, and again, don't take this the wrong way, Hard family, if you're listening to her. Cause I mean, I think, you know, it's true. And you guys like, you know, you guys like uh, truth and, and honest and realism, honesty and realism rather. Natalia has been sort of a, a punching bag the last 10 years. You notice that? I mean, Natalia having the heart name associated on her, what has she really done in the last decade? I, I just don't like the way that they booked Natalia. It's almost like she's a placeholder for a lot of these other women in this division. And it really kind of sucks. I'd like to see Natalia have one more title run before she retires. But, I mean, she's getting up there in age now. And I just, I just would hate to see uh, you know, Natalia go out. Like when she came out today with the arm in the sling and all that, uh, I just had um, I had Edge Vision from 2011 in my head when he said he had to retire, you know, due to the neck injury and all that. I thought for sure she was going to come out and say, you know, that she was done and that, you know, uh, and that she, you know, isn't going to be competing anymore. Which to me to think if that was the case, um, but obviously that's not the case. But I just I don't like the way that they've been booking this. Yeah, I think that, uh, the one thing WWE – like, You're breaking I don't, up. Oh, no, hold on. I'm, I'm just jumping studios here because the Yankee game just ended. So, hang on. Um, yeah, I don't like the way that they've booked Natalia lately. I really don't. And, uh, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I just, I just feel like she hasn't been able to live up to her skill because they've
3: been We can't hear you, man. You're breaking up, buddy.
1: Yeah, no, I just had to jump studios. Can you hear me now? I just had to jump over to the other studio from the Yankees over to here.
0: Um, But, yeah, I
1: just feel like uh, Natalia, unfortunately, has been booked as a little bit of a jobber lately, which is not really something that the Hart family deserves. I just wish that they booked Natalia a little bit better uh, in, 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 in recent memory. But, you know, hey, I don't do the booking, so...
3: well yeah
0: it it's it is what
3: it is the w w e does things for a reason we don't agree with it. we never ever really will honestly they just take things the wrong way they they ruin careers, and now with the a e w and I know there's people that, that are going to chastise me on this. And here's the deal: if you disagree with me, if you disagree with anything I say, if you disagree with anything Big Swing says, you can't ever disagree with what Granny says because she she's always spot on. But here's: the uh. thing. if you disagree with what any of us say or anything I've talked about, you have a chance to call in and talk to us. You know what the number is, and I talked to I talked about this on JG's show yesterday too. If you don't like what we're doing, if you don't agree with us, if you want to talk about it, don't sit behind your computer in your mom's basement, type behind (laughs) the computer, hide behind the screen, and act like a big shot. If you got something to say, you call us. You talk to us. Don't type about it. Don't tweet about it. Don't tell all your friends to tweet about it. If you've got something to say, you come on the show and you say it man-to-man. You man up. Don't call in and flush the toilet. Don't call in and hang up. If you've got something to say, say it to me. Say it to Big Swing. Say it to Granny. Don't hide behind And once again, the call-in number, for those of
1: you who may not know it, the call-in number seven one three nine five five zero three five nine. 713 359 It's the number we give to all of our guests. It is also the Attitude Era hotline for you to call in If you have any comments, concerns, questions, things like that, it's been pretty good lately with people calling in uh, about our guests. So for instance, we have a particular guest on a certain week um, and, you know, people call in who either know them or have seen them somewhere and want to talk. So uh, that, and that's great. We love, you know, people calling in wanting to ask our guests questions, but like Icon said, if you, if you disagree with anything we say, uh, you know, on this show, it's a free platform. That's the beauty of radio. Uh, give us a call, talk to us a little bit about it. Uh, I can't guarantee Icons going to not verbally beat you into the ground. Kinda does that. But either way, uh call in and and, and talk to us and uh and let us know your thoughts uh on, on everything that's going on. Um about SummerSlam last night. Um, I I thought it was an overall pretty good event. Icon put a grade on it when I talked to him on the phone. Uh wasn't an A show. Um he, what did you say it was between a D and a B plus which is a very broad range No uh, no some- I, said,
0: I, said,
3: I, said, I said it was between a uh, a solid
1: uh, B minus almost a B is what I said So a B okay so maybe it was breaking up a little bit on the phone B to B minus B- to almost a B um, which is not terrible for a pay-per-view um, it is it is pretty terrible for one of the four major pay per views: WrestleMania, SummerSlam, uh, Survivor Series, and Royal Rumble. So, um, but overall, I, I enjoyed the event. I watched it this morning. Uh, what about you guys? Did you guys? Uh, I mean, well, we know what Icon thinks. Granny, did you get a chance to watch any SummerSlam last night?
5: I didn't get a chance to watch it last night. I was busy. You know, like I said, get, yeah, I'm getting ready to go to a convention next week, so I've been mm-hmm. tied up. With a lot of stuff the last few days, so I haven't got a chance to watch it. I've just seen bits and pieces of clips on social media and everything like that. But, well, as you know, know at, you at, were, at, the, at the top was, of the hour, as
1: you heard, Edge came back. <laughs> mm-hmm. As you yep. heard,
5: yeah, I saw, I saw that. I saw that, and I was like, you know, I thought, wow, you know, I thought Big Swings going to be happy about that. But,
1: yeah, he really he good, he he? He good.
5: Yeah, he did. It's kind of funny, you know, you were talking about, you know, People calling in and talking to guests, you know, for those fans that don't know, that's how Granny got a part to be a part of this podcast, guys. I mean, everybody listening out there, I just happened to call in because one of my very good friends, Chelsea Stackhouse, was a guest one night on the Attitude Era Live. And I called in to talk to my good friend, Chelsea, and listen to the show. And basically, that's how Granny got to be a part of this podcast. Because, guys, I wanted to share something with you. My uncle came into Springdale today. He'd been traveling. Him and his wife had been traveling, and he remarried after my aunt passed away um, three or four years ago. And Becky's a wonderful lady. I've known Becky for many years. Uh, My aunt used to have a daycare in her house, you know, and Becky's kids, when they were little, went to my aunt's daycare at her house when she had her daycare going. So I've known Becky for years, but they stopped in Springdale, and... He asked me if I was still doing my podcast and I said, Yeah, as a matter of fact I got one tonight. So I showed him the page, our Facebook page, guys, and so I don't know if he's gonna call in and listen to it tonight, but he's got the information, so he may be calling in sometime and listening to our show from time to time. So
0: I
3: guess should be on the air, so if we're ready, we should uh Big Swing is the
1: Yes, it's eight eight one six number, right? Yep, right. Mm-hmm. That'll be it. All right, I got, I'm going to put him through. You do your thing. I'm going to close out the Yankee broadcast, but I'll be around, and uh, we'll go from there. And three, right. two, and one. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the
3: green room and walking down the aisle, he is our first combatant of the night. <laughs> he gives no meaning to... Jump on the train and ride it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, I give you the V Train himself, Brian Ramps.
5: How's it going? Hey, V Train. Hey, Brian. How are you? Hi,
2: Granny. <laughs> How you doing?
5: I've been very busy. I've been good, but been very busy the last week, couple weeks or so. I I, I, the,
3: your, I I think you missed your I think uh, you missed your cue V Train about doing that promo,
5: but uh, if you
3: want to go ahead and take care of it now, then we'll uh, we can chat with you.
2: What's up, everybody? What's up, wrestling world? How's it going? It's Brian Rails, and I am not PG, so it's Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? How's everybody doing tonight?
0: We're,
2: we're doing all right, man. So, just to let our
3: listeners know a little bit about you. Uh, we do know that you know Granny real well and you've uh you you like to hang out with Granny once a week like we do. We wish it were to be more, but give us a little background about your history in the wrestling world of the best. in the world
2: of professional wrestling. All right, well, I started out in two thousand eight. Uh little known story, this is a fun story for me. I wanted to start out at Harley School, but didn't have enough funds, but somehow saved enough to go to Kentucky to train, and didn't last for three months because of my mouth. Then fell out of wrestling, started working in, went back into wrestling, tried out for a little thing called NXT, and um, I can tell you my brief stint there was the same thing. It was fun. It was very eye-opening. You had, like, five, six rings at a time. You had iPads, you know, mirroring, you know, what you were promoing directly to headquarters. And let me tell you, that experience I'll never forget, you know, even though I didn't make it. I I can guarantee you um, that was an experience in itself to go to Tampa, then in Tampa to Orlando, Lived there for a year and a half. Trained under, you know, I tried to be a wrestler, was not big enough, was a hype man, still not, you know, sound enough in promos, needed a lot of work. Um, I uh, am privileged to start out wrestling again in 2015. Had a little bit of controversy in there. I'm not one to shy away from controversy. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing, but uh, I uh, I managed for a year and a half. In a company that thought I was nothing more than a national anthem and a hot dog and a handshake. So, my wrestling career, as far as well, let's see here, my tenure I've been around this business 11 years, off and on per se. Um, was an extra in WWE, which you know, most people can claim I was an extra too. But, you know, here's my thing look, and my wrestling career. I wish if I could do it all over again, man. let me thank you. uh, yes, I would start over again and tell my young self, just learn how to promo, get the quotationary and just keep learning that's that's the extent of my wrestling career. It's not flamboyant, it's not flashy. I've had injuries, yes, um oh yeah, free stint in Puerto Rico forgot to mention in o nine um back in w c c World Wrestling Council, WWC, my bad. Brief step, clones. I'm sorry, I go ask backwards, people, so forgive me if I tend to backtrack a little bit. Granny knows I tend to do this, but um, that experience was the same thing. Learning uh, how to do certain things a different way and their, their repertoire of doing things in Puerto Rico. Let me tell you folks about that. Their nightsticks are about as big as my leg and my thigh, the length of. But they don't protect wrestlers; they just allow people to throw rocks at the heels, and um, you barely you can wrestle in thunderstorms because certain someone would rather not postpone a date, but do it on the date because, well, everyone has jobs, he says. You got you know, you to work during certain times And we must We must wrestle now Because we ain't going to do it the next day Thank God they do it in gymnasiums Down there, now, or up there now But anyways, that was my extent Experience there So
3: Alright, v uh, is our guest here We got about uh, 24 minutes What we'll do is, uh, we'll kind of do a little round table here I'll ask a few questions And we'll kind of go around the room here Now And then at at the end, we'll let you uh, pitch uh, your other stuff that you got going. So, you know, you mentioned that your mouth kind of got you in trouble a little bit. And, hey, take it from somebody who can sympathize with that. My mouth has got me in trouble on more than one occasion, sometimes on here, uh, Harlem Heat hashtag, but that's another story. So with that being said, if you could – take back one thing that you did, what would it be or would it not be anything?
2: Um, there are seldom times where I uh, would like to take back what I said probably back in 2013 and then in a little bit in 2014 because, well, here's the thing. I like to have confidence in what I do, because in professional wrestling you or anything, you cannot be timid about anything that you do. Um, And there's a process during the tryout that I wish I could have gone back in time and been like, man, if I would have just shut my mouth and learned how to do different things instead of being like, man, I just think, no, I'm not cut out for this. I'm, I'm just, I'm a worker. I'm not, you know... A referee, I'm not – I would rather prefer to be a hype man, something. You guys got to give me something. I learned very quickly that that's a quick, surefire way to get your ass kicked out the door.
3: Now, with that being said, it's one of those deals that – would you say when you you hit your niche, it's a one-shot deal, correct? Mm -hmm. Or – is it one of those deals that, you know, it may not work out at the time, but they give you another chance to come back later. Is that is that something that happens or is it one and done?
2: Um, based on from what I experience, you know, it's give or take. They do remember who you are, they remember what you what you said, what you did, you know, and I've received actually a few olive branches Here and there I'm not going to mention who Because that's not who I am But um, I would say um, The way that A certain company Or companies are set up In wrestling Is Depends on Who's in charge If I would have said that In front of The big cheese Man I I just Word gets out So my opinion is I didn't leave on totally bad terms But it was more of A learning curve for me So I'm just going to say it. In NXT, you're surrounded by like six or eight coaches that say, hey, do you want to learn this because you're not good at this. There's a plethora of opportunities. So in a roundabout long fucking way of saying this, um, I didn't leave a totally bad impression, but sometimes it depends on the individual because let's, I mean, let's be honest. Matt Riddle's been through the ringer several times. Steve Cutler. Let's see who also has tried out and failed several times. Tommaso Ciampa has been through the ringer. He tried out eight times. Finally, fucking made it after the ninth try. Johnny Gargano. Um, I can go on down the list of guys that have tried and failed. AJ Styles. But, I mean, AJ's been around for. Oh, 19 years now almost 20 all about what you guys I mean to be honest it depends on who you pissed off and who you didn't so I think in my honesty I left a not a totally bad impression but I left one I wish I could go back and be like okay I'm willing to learn instead of being arrogant uh, instead of being a little arrogant prick that
3: that that is awesome I like how you put that uh, we have V Train as our guest. We got 19 minutes left here with V Train. Uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest? Uh, and I know that you guys know each other, so act like you don't. Ask some questions.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah, that that's really kind of hard to do. Well, you know, I mean, when I first met V Train, you know, he shared some amazing stories with me on many different things. You know, I was just fascinated by the stories that he shared, his experiences. Tell us what probably maybe what one of your most memorable experiences you had in the business with the fans out there. Um,
2: I think like part of like the most fun experiences was like going through the small towns uh during my NXT tenure and then getting to uh getting to conversate with Dusty Rhodes, which uh, most people were like, well, uh, when I say that, they're like, I don't believe you. I'm like, look, he really did talk like he did. Uh, even if it was outside of professional wrestling, Dusty told me, he's like, you may be small, but you need to come at them, that day. Don't He's like, don't have no regrets. He goes, you got to come at them full steam, you know. He always gave advice, whether it be promos, personal life, didn't matter. He'd say things like, you know, you got this. I have faith in you. It's, you know, one of the biggest, like, best moments ever in my career was meeting the American Dream and uh, getting to conversate with him about the business, asking, you know, like, picking from, like, sitting at the learning tree, basically, and asking, like, okay, well, I'm young and dumb, so, like, how do I get here? What do I do when I'm doing my drop-down frogs or clotheslines or... How do you make a move look bigger? Just how do you make yourself be bigger? Like they say that Dusty was like a a terrible dude gimmick wise, but let me tell you something. Just the brief experience that I had with him, he's like one of the godfathers of the black and gold brand. And I'm proud to say that even though I did not make it in some little annoying piece of crap that goes around (laughs) with the real one Instagram thing, Enzo Amore, um, you know, some people say, well, I respect him. Like, bro, let me just point this out. There will be nobody realer, and there will be nobody comes close to Dusty Rhodes promo-wise. I mean, sure, you got your Stone Colds, your Mick Foley's, your, your Triple H's, but Ric Flair's. But let me just point this out for you, daddy. Dusty Rhodes, probably the most memorable moment of my NXT brief stint in non-main that would tell me, boy, you look like shit tonight. Or he would say stuff like, need to improve upon this. Let me ask you this. Did you believe in what you were presenting to the crowd? Like he would be straight up real with people. If you didn't know, you think that he just was one of the coaches. But it's like, man, this is Dusty Rhodes. How do you not listen to his
5: advice? Awesome. That is awesome.
3: Uh, You know, it's really cool how you mentioned that. You know, and I I kind of a side note, you know, people say that, oh, they're in a terrible gimmick, but, you know, here's the way I look at it. They're at least getting a chance to have a terrible gimmick. There's a lot of us that don't even get that. So if there's people, would you agree that if people say that, oh, they had a terrible gimmick, at least they're getting a chance. Some don't even get up to the plate. What do you think?
2: (coughs) Well, uh, you know, speaking of gimmicks, you know, fans now – Some of them are just whiny bitches to me because look at tonight, folks. I mean, I just got wind that uh, the boss returned, Sasha Banks, and people said, well, she needs to be repackaged, this, that, the other. For those of you who don't know the business, it's fine. Both sides will always fight on what's good and what's not. In my humble opinion, if you make um, crowd cheer or someone get out of their seat and yell at you, Granny, (laughs) um, you know, And not just her, like, people in general, like, in their seats get up and cheer you. Your gimmick, really, does it matter if you're some dude in a mask and you basically do some flippy, flippy shit that entertains the crowd and they get up off their seats and they're cheering you the whole goddamn time? Because, my opinion, a gimmick is a gimmick that you're given by the promoter. It's up to you to make the fans want to believe in what the fuck you're doing. If not then what is the point of you being a wrestler, a manager, or a referee? Their stuff's gimmick too, folks. Earl Hebner, anyone? I mean, look, gimmick can be anything from a get-up to someone coming out that curtain and making the crowd literally stand on their feet and, you know, channel on (coughs) the Lynch, for example, or Cody Rhodes in AEW, or Kenny Omega, or Chris Jericho. doesn't matter. A gimmick is something that you either put your firm belief in that you as a wrestler can do this or you can't and as soon as you say you can't well then why should the crowd believe you that's just my take on the whole thing if a gimmick's good or bad it doesn't matter if it's good or bad it matters if, if you entertain the people in the crowd that's my take on it that's,
5: and that, that, pretty, that's set, pretty good yeah. Big what do you got? Uh, he may not be back with us yet. No, I'm here. I just had to
1: jump off a of mute no. real quick because I had another thing going on in the background. Um, I, you know, I've said for for weeks now. Whenever we've we've talked to somebody, that uh, it, it feels like sometimes the NXT is kind of like kind of like the minor leagues in baseball. Put it that way, you know, and. I just, I feel like, you know, you said sometimes that some some people go through the ringer and never make it. Some people go through the ringer and never do, or I mean, and they do. Um, do you feel like the current setup is designed for improvement or, and designed for advancement? Or do you feel like NXT is designed to be sort of a B-League and, you know, they, they, they just want extra revenue, you know, extra marketing? Or, or do you feel like it's truly set up? For, for people to become stars?
2: Well, I mean, the speaker experience it was part of the mad social science experiment that was the black and gold brand, man. Um, you know, Hunter, it's a fun story. Um, before, like, uh, I got out of NXT, we were selling tickets on the street, and Barclays was selling them at $25 for lower level, $40 for whatever, for front row. So when they sold out at Barclays Center... Is an example of like how successful that brand is, and to answer your question, um, I believe that it's set up for the sole purpose of this is where you start. You know, this is the foundation for where you start, so that when you get up to main roster, it's preparing you. Okay, you can adjust yourselves accordingly, or you know, you can fall into the wayside like Bobby Roode or Robert Roode has currently. It's not to say that they're not listening. You know, or they're saying, oh, they're just an extra market for our brand for Raw and SmackDown Live. Well, look, Tyler Breeze and Fondango are prime examples. They were not really being utilized on the main roster, so it's not a punishment. They needed to go back down to NXT because NXT they have they have periods where you know you're not really. It's kind of lulling a little bit, but black and gold brand to me, like, if you guys watch or if you guys get a chance, you know, watch TakeOvers, um, it's an example of how people like Shayna Baszler or Matt, not Matt Riddle, but uh, how to put this, the Street Profits, um, the current NXT setup that they have right now, I believe, is set up basically with like a training ground uh, for people like Bianca Belair can do a three hundred pound bench press or you know someone like uh Donovan Dykhojevic or Keith Lee. There's certain names that are synonymous that end up in the independence, you know, and then they come to NXT. Some of them fade into obscurity and then some of them actually you know make names for themselves like um Samoa Joe or unfortunately Sami Zayn who gets crushed every week now but uh Kevin Owens which I know someone is not a fan of, but um, it, 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 it's give or take, like, what people get out. There's people that are the casual fans that believe NXT is nothing more than A, you know, minor league system. Um, to answer that, since I'm kind of biased, if you will, you guys... You have guys like Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash working with the NXT groups. Um, you have guys like Triple H, who is you know the founder, like the the brains behind that, the father of NXT. And what he normally would tell people is, this is where you start. It's all about how bad you want it. So how bad do you want this career for wrestling? Sure, they only get paid you know maybe 150k or 140k, but People like Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, they're making the most of their opportunities. Um, so I believe it's it's a brand that's equal to the main roster, in my opinion, because of the level of talent that these guys can show an audience. That's just. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm long-winded, fellas, and granny, but that's just my take on NXT. Mike, well, you're oh, totally fine.
1: Uh, B- yeah,
3: it was good to know. here. V-Train is our guest here. We've got about nine minutes left here with V-Train. Uh, so we can get this in real quick. Uh, we're going to have you cut that promo for us real quick, and then uh, we'll uh, let you uh, pitch what you got, then we'll ask you a few other questions, and we'll wrap it up. So what I'll do is I'll count you down for five, and we'll go ahead and have you do that promo for us.
2: Okay, got you. All right, here we
3: go. Ready? Five, four, three, two,
2: one. My name Is Brian Rails And in case You have forgotten Who and what I am about Here's what I'm going to tell you From This very young age I have been known To always find Someone or something That makes sense to me And trust when I tell you this Somewhere lurking in the shadows of obscurity, no, 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 somewhere, someone has always been that extra something that I have been looking for. Who, you might ask, allow me to answer that riddle for you all. You may be the most talented person that there is or ever will be. But you will not ever escape the storm of the suplex cyclone, the man who leaves nothing but devastation in his wake. And trust me when I tell you all this, you don't want to get caught on the wrong side of my tracks, Jack.
3: That's awesome. I like that.
2: That's
3: uh, we awesome. Have, uh, B- yeah, we have V Train here as our guest. Here we got about uh, seven minutes left with V Train. Uh, so, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out and follow you and keep uh, keep a track of what you're doing, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? All
2: right. So, my Twitter is. As you can follow me on my Twitter, is btrain05000, twitter.com. So that's at, folks, it's at btrain05000, or actually at Brian Rails. Let me start. Use my language. Retract at underscore Brian Rails. That's capital B, or Ryan Rails. Cap. That's capital R. So you can find me. I got a Performance Center shirt on. That's an old school pick. of Um. On Instagram, it's B Train O five thousand. At Instagram I have two handles there. Uh Wrestle underscore radio on Instagram as well. And that's for WrestleRadio Network. Facebook. I have oh man, I have too many social media handles. Jesus Christ, man. Okay. B Train. Okay, let's see, yeah, B Train the page on Facebook forward slash Facebook dot com. Wrestle Radio forward slash Facebook dot com, Radio Network that is forward slash Facebook dot com. I tend to ramble, folks. Granny knows this, so that's that's my well, you know, it,
3: well, it, it's okay. It is what it is, and we, you know, we do, you know, we do appreciate, uh, you know, you joining us tonight and everything, and uh, you know, one one thing that uh, we know that. Uh, you seem to, you can kind of like stuff out when someone's feeding you a line of business. My question to you is, if someone comes up to you says, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I've met Triple H and I've talked to him," and uh, you can see right through that,
2: can't you? Yes, I can. Because Hunter, does okay, look, I meet him, I've met him multiple occasions. Man doesn't say very many words except for Welcome to NXT, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like he's talking from a fucking prompt. And then you get to meet the trainers, Matt Bloom, Norman Smiley, Byron Saxton, Sarah Amato, all of them. It was amazing, dude, because we started out with just two rings in Tampa. They shut that down because it was in a garage. And um, I can see right through when people are telling me they met a certain somebody said, okay, so the first question I asked, you met Triple H. Okay, what are his mannerisms? How is he when he walks into a room? What is the first thing that he does when he meets somebody new? Let me answer that question. He either shakes your hand or nods his head and acknowledges you because the man has 50 gajillion other things he has to do. And it doesn't just regard NXT. He has main roster He has cuts that he normally does every single day. And let me tell you, every single day you're on pins and needles because you're not sure whether you're going to wake up inside that performance center or whether your ass is going to be sent home. Does he show up every day in the performance center? The answer to that question is no. (laughs) Um, Mainly, you know, you've got Finley running the show. You've got Shawn Michaels. You've got Michael Hayes running the show. Oh Michael Hayes, good lord! Gator boots and white leather jacket, singing Michael Hayes. Um, <clears throat> you know Jamie Noble running production. You know as a senior producer and writer, I didn't believe this, but you know I've never met Dana. Well, actually, I have briefly met Dana Warrior. Uh, very nice lady. But uh, to answer that question, I can. People say, I can see right through you. Blah blah blah. Yes. People can claim I've met so-and-so until, like, you have yeah, picture-proof. Like, I have picture-proof that I was involved as an extra in 2016. I can tell you that from experience, you're told not to talk to the talent unless they say, hey, what's up? The people that said, hey, how's it going, guys? Titus O'Neil, um, Becky Lynch punched us in the shoulders, lads. At the end of the show, because we had to do a run in uh, for the club AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, Lucas, the Usos, because Roman Reigns, I believe, was involved in the match and someone boot washes him. We had to run in the ring and we were instructed okay, keep them separated. It was me and Kurt Gannon and Leo D. And, um, Tell you the truth, it was nerve wracking for a production process because you go through the whole rehearsal bullshit, you know. And Jamie Noble was really funny. Um, but as far as Hunter and Vince and the big wigs go, um, if you see them, sometimes you're told not to look at Hunter directly in the eye. Don't look Vince directly in the eye unless he comes up to you personally and shakes your hand. Um, it's funny. One of my trainers actually walked up to Vince and shook his hand during the 2016 extra stint, and Vince smiled because my trainer, actually, I can vouch for this, he was actually on the first episode of Monday Night Raw, it was a squash match, uh, Tony Vida versus baston Booger. So, my trainer tell you, was oh, so gross, you know, his balls were all over my fucking chin when he pinned me, I was like, that's kind of disgusting, but thanks for the input. Um, <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> so yes, like I said, guys, I'm long-winded. So, that oh, that's is, all right. Well, know. I'll tell
3: you what, B-train, Uh
2: we do uh, we do appreciate you joining us tonight. It's
3: been awesome, and uh, we definitely would like to have you on again. And uh, maybe at some point, you can uh, uh, invite the Icon to be a part of your show. I'd love to join you sometime. Maybe Big Swing would like to join along as well.
2: That would be awesome, Icon. Thanks for
3: having me. Thanks, B-Train.
2: Have a good night,
3: man. Bye, B-Train. Bye,
2: Granny.
1: Oh, once again, B-Train, everybody. That's always fun. And, you know, that's what I like about guys who have been in the business from the, you know, affiliation with WWE level. Um, You know, he was able to tell us sort of the ins and outs of NXT and and what WWE is doing you know, from a daily operations basis. And, you know, that's always fun. That's always uh, good, it's good to know because I think it's something that a lot of people, uh, you know, that a lot of people want to know. And our,
3: get, our next guest should be calling in here shortly if they're not on already.
1: They're not at the moment. Okay. But anyways. The,
3: I, might ha- I might have to get them. Hold on
1: a second. Oh, that's up to you right see so yeah, so uh, i right. like bliss uh like right, the bliss understand. and maybe Cross ascertained
3: oh yeah All right, you guys, okay uh, you guys you guys go so i'll try and get a hold of them right
1: yeah 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 no problem yeah. um yeah i knew so, that would
5: make you happy oh
1: yeah no i was i was very excited and um i think that we're going to see a bark Lesnar. Uh, appearance tonight because I mean Paul Heyman already came on and said um, you know uh, already came on and oh. said that uh, you know Brock Lesnar is getting no rematches so he may
5: he, he may come attack he, he uh, wasn't happy he wasn't happy when he found out Lesnar wasn't going to get a rematch
1: he wasn't happy at no, all no he wasn't and, and I think that we're going to see Lesnar come in and and attack one of these two here tonight I, I would have a feeling that's, that's going to be what, what happens here. If I had to put money on the fact of a Lesnar running tonight of all nights, uh, I think we're going to see one.
5: Well, yeah, and, of course, Rollins got to deal with uh, Gallows and Anderson outside the ring, too, you know, with their well, yeah. corner, you know, so.
1: Yeah, of course he does. I mean, I, I kind of like the whole club idea. I, I kind of like the whole you know, heel stable idea that they're doing. And, you know, honestly, Mm -hmm. uh, I think AJ Styles is, is the better, is a better heel than he is a better face. Honestly.
5: Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, I like him as a face, you know, I mean, I did, I did have the opportunity to meet AJ Styles back in 2014 at an NWA wrestling show down in, um,
1: in nice guy. In
5: Arkansas summer class, he was a really nice guy, and it was kind of funny when we got when we went to get our picture in the ring with him because my son had gotten in first, and he said to me, he says, well, Granny, wouldn't you rather go watch the fireworks? And I said, AJ, really? I said I could see fireworks anytime, any place. I said this is probably going to be my only opportunity, not only to get to meet you, but get my picture taken with you. So no, I am not going to, to go watch fireworks. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so. So. But no, my but my uncle, you know, he might he might occasionally he has the information and my uncle might uh, listen to our show sometimes because he asked me if awesome. I was still doing my podcast and I said yes I am and so I showed him our Facebook page and I said this is our Facebook page and he liked it and so he may be he may be listening from time to time.
1: Nice. All right. Well, and we're always uh, always welcoming to new to new listeners. So Icon is back on with us. Icon, you back? Yeah, I am.
3: Uh, I uh, I sent uh, uh, our current our our guest that's supposed to be on a message. Hopefully they get it. And if not, we'll just uh, continue until our our next guest calls in. So it
4: is what it is. I guess.
1: It happens. Oh, and you know, and I can. I do want to talk, I, I do want to message, I, I did, I did just get, uh, get your message here, um, um, I, I did just get your message here, uh, and I do, I do have it in production, uh, at the moment, but okay. I guess what I can do for the time being is, is just read it, um, and sure. so let me find your, let me find your, uh, your press message that you sent me here. Um, about it, and I can find them. Here it is. So, yeah, one of the one of the features of our show, one of the uh, the newest sponsors of our show, We, as you all know, we have Drop Shooter Funding and the Hart family. We also have Skyline Consulting and Accounting. Uh, once again, Skyline Consulting and Accounting, you can check them out, Facebook.com, Skyline Consulting and Accounting and in Capitals. Uh, or if you live in the North Dakota area, uh, go check them out down there in center, North Dakota. Their website is skylinec-a.com, uh, and they have all of your accounting and consulting needs. So once again, go check them out. Uh, reach them at 701-207. Excuse me. Yeah. 701 201 And uh, once again, if you need anything at all those departments, those are the people to talk to. So uh, ICON, uh They won today, uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, so they have really um, become, you know, the the ingrained champions Asuka has really fallen off, remember the big deal that they made about Asuka when she first came in? She really hasn't been doing much lately
3: Well, no, I, and uh, where has Paige been? That's my other question, you
5: know oh, Paige Well, Paige out, actually a did a video she's actually getting ready to have another neck surgery
1: Really? Uh, How well that's no fun. They
5: showed a they showed a video of her. She couldn't be in attendance tonight because she's actually she said she was actually getting ready to have another surgery on her neck. So that's why she wasn't there tonight in Toronto. So.
1: Well, that sucks. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, it, you know the neck is, necks are finicky things. I mean, you know, once you hurt that neck the first time. Uh you know, it it's uh it, it's a long lasting lingering thing. So hopefully she's okay then. Hopefully she ends up uh you know, back on WWE television relatively soon.
5: Oh, you know, because yes. we were talking about Roman Reigns earlier, you know, we were asking if anybody knew who might have been doing that. Rumors are having it that it's Rowan that was causing all those problems for Roman. Rowan, Reigns. yes.
1: True. Now, Roman Reigns is technically a SmackDown um, superstar. So this could set up a rivalry on the blue brand, and this could set up something, you know, for them. But, you know, my question would be, though, what would the backstory be? Like, do they just need to pick somebody random for shock value? Because, I mean, like, why – what would be the setup? Like, when Rikishi ran over Stone Cold in 99 for Triple H – there was a whole backstory as to why he did it. There was a whole, you know, they, they definitely did their 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 uh, homework in, in a way of setting up an entire story and reasoning behind why it happened. Rowan, I, I just don't see a reason why Rowan would would have anything to do with Roman Reigns.
5: I don't know, you know, but that that's the rumors that are flying around, you know. So who knows? Hmm. Definitely but possible. you know, something something very interesting that I wanted to share with you guys, too. You know, there is an independent uh, organization that wrestles right here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, called WCWA. And okay. at their last show, we had a guy by the name of Mike Polanski, I think is how he pronounced his last name. He actually appeared on SmackDown. That night, that Roman Reigns was walking to do the interview, and the, uh, the the scaffolding and all the shelving got pushed over on him, you know, and everything. Yeah. He was actually one of the paramedics that, uh, like, they used. You know, he was he was one of the paramedics back in the back. You know, he was actually standing there next to Roman Reigns in the back. Oh, wow. And he actually made his WCWA debut in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And then Action Jackson, of course, he's from the Little Rock area. He appeared with a tag team partner, not his normal tag team partner, but he appeared with a tag team partner on Monday Night Raw when they were actually in Little Rock the night before. So,
1: huh.
5: Which I interesting. kind of interesting.
1: So that's kind of cool how sometimes – these independent superstars are used as you know, extras for certain things in WWE. Mm-hmm. It's kinda like what kind of like what well, kind of like what, uh, what B train was getting at
5: My my very good friend Mr Saturday night Michael Berry the the night that uh they were up in um I think it was Springfield they were at they were at they were up in Springfield, Missouri or Kansas. Mm-hmm. No, they might have been in Kansas City. I don't remember where but anyways, my very good friend, Mr. Saturday Night Michael Berry, when Alexa Bliss got her ankle hurt,
0: mm-hmm. and the guy
5: came out to check her ankle, that was my very good friend, Mr. Saturday Night Michael Berry.
0: Hmm. Um,
5: so, so, you know, I think that, honestly,
1: there is, you know, there, there are a lot of people who watch wrestling who are, you know, who are... Um, familiar with with wrestling and the independent uh independent cycles and circles um and for somebody who is watching who may know you know michael berry um why would they have somebody who's a wrestler come out and be a paramedic why not have actual paramedics there to make it look more believable you know
5: well he wasn't actually he was like um he was more. He was dressed in the black shirts and the black pants, like the like when the trainers come out to check on the wrestlers to see how hurt they are or how they're if they're injured. He was actually doing something like that. He wasn't so much like being like a paramedic, but you know he was doing more like what the trainers do when they come out to check on the wrestlers when they get injured. Hmm. So because I know one night, way,
1: though, uh, like like either way though I would think that they would have actual paramedics you know oh, standby by I so agree that...
5: and and that you know that was a comment by someone not so much my to my friend Michael Barry but that was a comment that was listed on social media you know about having the real you know paramedics EMTs you know because you know I know I know I've been to enough independent shows that um you know they couldn't they couldn't start the show until the paramedics were there, but the only problem was, and this was especially a big problem in Arkansas for a while. The only problem was they had to pay these paramedics like five or six hundred dollars just to be there, but then if they got a call then they kind of had to put the show on hold because, you know, if the paramedics weren't there in the, in the building while the show was going on. But, you know, Hmm. some of the things have gotten changed uh, recently on the athletic commission in Arkansas, you know, and everything, you know, they had a big, I don't know all the details, so I'm not even going to go into it because I don't know what all took place at that, at that meeting or whatever they had with the athletic commission. But I know there has been some changes, you know, made about that over the last year or so.
1: Hmm. I'm just saying, yeah. cause like, you know, if somebody wouldn't know who Michael Berry is, you would instantly then come out and go, all right, well, Alexa's not really hurt then. This is all kayfabe. But if they had actual paramedics out there, then you'd be like, um, all right, maybe there's a chance that she really, you know, did hurt the ankle. So you know, just to make things more believable, at least in my book, you know? Oh
5: yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness, here's Braun Strowman.
1: <laughs> Good old Braun Strowman. So I Icon, uh any any word from the second guest?
3: Uh no, but our third guest should be calling in here shortly.
2: Okay, uh, like I'll,
3: I say uh, the icon is gonna bring Ray Ramone out on this show.
2: Nice.
1: Nice, nice, nice. <clears throat> that's what Icon. Uh, that's what Icon's been doing. Icon has been the facilitator lately.
3: Well, I I, I do try I do try my best,
1: you know.
5: Well, we all try our best, so.
1: So so so, so look so, at look at Braun Strowman shaking hands to end the show with Seth Rollins. Wow.
5: And there's Ricochet. He handed him his belt back and shook his hand. Oh, straight up Steve Austin. This is what I've been wanting to see. It looks like
1: it's going to be a good show.
5: I remember when he had his Stone Cold Broken Skull Challenge on. You
3: know, speaking of Speaking of that, you know, do you guys really think as of right now that AEW is going to cause the WWE to change anything? Or is that just a thought that people have
1: because of what happened with Monday Night Wars? I think they already have, honestly. I mean, Raw has been a lot better lately and a lot more, you know, intense lately. Um, And I definitely think that they feel the pressure. Of AEW um, and and everything that they've been doing because I mean Raw has been at best mediocre the last you know six years and now they're they're really starting to uh, to step their game up a little bit so yeah I I certainly think that they uh, that they feel the pressure. Well,
3: let's hope that it gets fixed for the better. So be watching the board. I guess you'll be calling in here um, shortly. I would guess, so hopefully uh, they should be calling in within the next
1: few minutes. All right. I will keep an eye out on the board here. Um, Yeah, no, I I definitely feel like um, I definitely feel like AEW has put the pressure on them. Raw has definitely had to step their game up. WWE has had a WWE has had a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, mentality uh for a long time and you know they haven't they they've been the cream of the crop they haven't had to fix anything and now you know they uh now they have and um i definitely i raw is watchable again it's enjoyable again for me
3: well and i wonder do you think we might see some of the old legends come back uh in special appearances and get like special contracts from the WWE, so they don't go to A- AEW.
1: Um, it's possible. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it
2: out.
5: Oh my gosh, this guy's talking about wrestling up in Kansas City, and he mentioned an old wrestler that I knew back in the day, Bulldog Bob Brown. Back in the day, they are out in Kansas City. Municipal auditorium
1: <laughs> nice Bulldog Bob Brown, hi, so how do you know him?
5: Oh, he was just a independent wrestler up in the Kansas City area for years. He wrestled. Uh well you know him he he wrestled with Harley Race back in the day and you know when Harley Race wrestled up in there in the Kansas City area Greg Valentine before he became the Hammer Greg Valentine I mean Rufus R Jones oh, I, 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 mean, I love
3: I I always loved Greg Valentine I always loved the Hammer I I'd like to be able to get him on the show but he doesn't do podcasts either but at least he he was nice about it you know. I'm like the honky-tonk man who said, I don't do mama basement radio,
1: you bastard. Well, <laughs> honky-tonk man doesn't really do much of anything because I haven't heard anybody talk about the honky-tonk man. But anyway, Icon, we have um, we have a guest on. Uh, oh, we had him, and now they're not. I was a uh, 587 area code? Yep, that's it. Yep. All right. Well, um, they were on and then they popped off. So if they're still listening, uh, jump, jump on back on. us. <laughs> like literally, right as I was about to hit the button, they uh, they came back on. So, um, hold on, I'm,
3: get, my... I'm getting a little signal here. Hold on a second. <laughs> Of course, I believe where our, uh, our individuals calling from. I think this signal might be a little uh, uh, bad, but you got you got to watch it when when you see it. Put them on right away.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got the board up right now. So, anyways, while we're waiting on Icon to get. Uh, to get all of that going. Um yeah, so so this is a new this is a new show for Stone Cold then, huh? Yep. Yeah, uh,
3: I I uh I I'm kinda anxious to
1: see this show. It should be good.
3: You know, I mean I like uh I like Stone Cold's uh Broken Skull Ranch uh show on I believe it's CMT. I T. I I don't think uh it's on every once in a while but Uh, I always thought that that competition was really cool And at the end of the When they're done filming for the day You get to have a beer of Stone Cold Steve Austin So that's worth its weight Whether you win the competition or not
5: Well, you You know know, my My very good friend, Michael Berry You know, he was actually On That first episode of Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge And the weeks that he was out there He couldn't even tell his wife where he was at it was at Hush was. Hush, and we went to the watch party up in Joplin, Missouri up at Buffalo Wild Wings the night that they premiered his episode. He didn't make it out of the first round, but, um, yeah, he was out there for several weeks, um, you know, filming that episode and training for that episode and everything like that. I mean, that was a grueling, grueling competition. But, you know, he – he but he said that Stone Cold was one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet, you know, as far as, you know, meeting anybody. I mean,
1: it was pretty awesome. He also, he, he also strikes me as, like, a real dude, too.
5: Yeah, yeah. Like, but you yeah, know, like, 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 like,
1: I would love to have a beer with Stone Cold, you know?
5: Oh, yeah. I, I, I would, yeah, too. but – but but Barry said, you know, the the whole weeks. I mean, he was gone like twelve or thirteen weeks, thirteen, fourteen weeks, something like that. And he couldn't even call and tell his wife where he was at. It was that hush hush.
3: Wow. All right, be be, be ready, big swing, because uh, they're gonna get the they're, they're calling in. So be ready.
0: No for problem. Course, no no problem.
3: For people that are wondering uh, what's going on, I'm, I'm sure this is really riveting for you, but it is what it is when you're not in the same studio and your producer is off for the night, what else are you going to do? You can't, you know, we we don't have any codes. We can't talk in code. So it just, it is what it is.
1: You know, it, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm still waiting. I still got the, uh, the screen up. So, Um, uh, But yeah uh, Mm -hmm.
3: So you know uh, As long as we're waiting here I'm just going to let everybody know What we got going on uh, next week On the show Uh, We have the Cuban Assassin On with us We have Super Genie On with us And we were supposed to have uh, Ronnie Garvin Unfortunately uh, Ronnie Garvin His fishing trip Kind of overtook Where he was supposed to be at He was supposed to be back next week But They messed up the charter flight Or something So they're stuck out there for another week So he's not going to be able to be on with us But we are going to have Pat Piper on with us Nice Okay he's saying he's calling in He's getting a recording of the show Any idea what's going on with that
1: Getting a recording. What does that? What does that mean? I have no idea. Hold on. Let me try calling it myself. Yeah, you, you know I'm gonna try that and get them on, Cause I sometimes Blog Talk acts up a little bit. <clears throat> unfortunately.
5: Yeah, I was hated when I did my podcast years ago. We had technical difficulties sometimes with Blog Talk Radio, and, and unfortunately, it it really it, it's sometimes. kind of
1: cornered. It's kind of cornered the market. It's really the only thing like it out there. So it kinda oh, yeah. they kinda of make you use it, you know? So that's
5: Yep. They do.
1: That's the problem. But let's see let's see if Icon's able to uh if Icon's able to get him uh get him on the line here.
5: But anyways. So yeah, Granny's got rust WFC Saturday and WCWA on Sunday and then next week i leave for Little Rock, so <laughs> I'm gonna be swamped. But it's a good thing, so Not let's a see thing. here.
1: Um where there. okay. So Icon's back on with us. So Icon, do you have do you have uh the yeah, guest with you on the line?
3: Yeah, I'm going to get I'm going to Just hang on, all right?
1: Okay. I thought that's why you called back in cuz you had <clears> but okay. <throat> so yeah, Raw was actually pretty enjoyable tonight. That would be cool though if Brock Lesnar if that is true. Um for for Brock Lesnar to uh to go to SmackDown. I think that would be interesting because I think it's going um, I think it's going uh, you know kind of, it's kind of getting stale over there um, with the Kofi Kingston title scene.
5: I agree. Even though I'm not a big Brock Lesnar fan. I, I don't care for Brock Lesnar. Never have, never will. but
1: I see here. Icon, we're waiting on you, man. Tick-tock.
5: Where did he go?
1: Oh, <laughs> um, well, it says he's back on the line here with us. He, he keeps saying he drops off and then he comes back on. Now he's back on. All right. So,
3: here's the thing. Uh he's having a signal issue. Uh I I talked to him, okay? And I'm going to call him back. But what happens is whenever I disconnect uh from him, it disconnects with with the show as well. So that's what's going on.
1: Oh, uh, so I'm going to, you know, we we got 50 minutes left. I got to know if we got to shift gears or if we're going to talk to somebody. That's all I'm trying to figure out. All right. All right, well,
3: hold on one second. Okay. Like I said, I know this is just riveting radio for everybody, but
4: it is what it is. Oh, oh, I'm sure they love it. Hold on.
5: Oh, wow, there's this guy from a Los Angeles restaurant showing going to be frying up some fried chicken and they're out in the middle of the wherever and they've got these two big tubs that look like small bathtubs that's got the chickens in it. <laughs> they're going to cook Damn. the whole chicken.
1: So yeah, Stone Cold strikes me as the kind of guy that likes all that barbecue food and, oh, and yeah. beer and all oh, that. Yeah. Uh I heard that uh, Kansas City is a big um is a big barbecue uh Oh yeah. Yes, you know, barbecue town.
5: Yes, yes it is. Got great I barbecue up there.
1: Back on with us.
5: All right. So,
3: we are going to get him on. All right, he's scheduled for 10:15. We got 2 minutes, so we're still fine. All right. I'm going to have him call me from a different line. He's calling me now. Hold on.
1: It's always uh always fun when you do this stuff live, and not pre-recorded, oh, yeah. you know. Because yeah.
2: So let me see here. Um, where
1: is my? There it is. All right, so he's so he's ready to go here. Whenever whenever we're ready, he's ready to go. So, so Icon, um, when you do come back on with us, uh, you know, I, I got everything loaded up. I got the the uh, switchboard thing loaded here. So, uh, but yeah, no. So I, I've heard a lot of things, Granny, about the uh, the barbecue, you know, up there. So,
5: yeah, uh, are you and
1: you're a big barbecue fan?
5: Oh, I love barbecue.
1: Yeah,
5: one of my favorite things to eat.
1: How is it in how's the Arkansas barbecue culture?
5: It's all right. I mean, we have a, a barbecue restaurant that I we eat it occasionally. It's called Dickie's and they got pretty good barbecue food. I mean, they got ribs and pulled pork and brisket. and. Is Dickie's, a, is Dickie's a chain, or is it? Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. a chain. I mean, they we've got, like, three of them in Arkansas right now, one in Fayetteville, one in Rogers, and oh, one nice. in Lowell. We used to have one in Springdale, but they closed down. I mean, that, it was kind of a chain, but they also independent franchise type thing, too. So, but... Uh, so we had had four or five of them for a while. Now we're down to three, but they got pretty good barbecue food. So
1: oh, good, good, okay. Um, so Icon has dropped off the line again. So hopefully, oh my. Hopefully he can, uh, you know, three way call and and get this other guest on because that's the thing. Normally I game plan and I and I prepare, um, you know, for for topics and things to talk about. But we always have we always have guests. So I never really put things together. Um. Oh, here we go. Hang on. All right, Icon. So we've okay. got you on the line here. And now we've got the guests on the switchboard as well. So I'm going to go ahead and put them through, yep. all right? All yep. Right, here we go. Go. All
0: right.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
3: stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the Icon promised that he was going to bring Razor Ramon out here for, to talk to you. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, for the first half of this interview, I give you Razor Ramon Doss.
4: Hey, yo, this is Razor Ramon too. You're listening to the Attitude Era live with hosts, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. I'm me, Chico. So, how are you, Razor? How are you? That was awesome. I'm doing awesome. pretty good. <laughs> it's been awesome. a while. Yeah, things are going now, good. Uh, 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 go uh ahead. what
3: uh we're gonna do uh uh I I love it I love it when you do Razor Ramon, but what we're gonna do is I want I wanna we're gonna talk to you about uh you you as the second Razor Ramon. Uh
4: mm-hmm.
3: but I had to kinda let our audience kind I kinda did a JR there. I told everybody yeah. that we're gonna have the bad guy Razor Ramon on, which we technically do, which is you. So mm-hmm. uh For those that don't know, your real name is Rick Titan. Tell us, uh, we have, uh, like I say, we have Rick Titan as a guest here. We've got about 43 minutes here left with Rick. Uh, So tell us, how did the whole you being the second Razor come about?
4: Well, actually, I'd um, been working in Japan as big Titan and goofing off, and I did a lot of invitations, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, and and, uh, the Razor Ramon character. And I like the Razor Ramon character. I thought it was pretty cool and laid back and really original. And I knew it came from the movie The Scarface, right, with Al Pacino. And uh, I would be on the road and and talking like Scott Hall or Razor Ramon. And Chris Jericho would always be like, will you knock it off, man? You're not Scott Hall. (laughs) And uh, years later, I had to try out a couple matches with uh, ECW. And I had just gotten back from Germany, so I grew my hair all out long and brown, which I had it mostly highlighted uh, blonde in Japan, a face paint in Japan. And Polly Dangerously, I had wrestled Hackmeyers the night before, and then uh, he had me working with a couple of guys, and I don't even remember who it was now, um, against uh, Hackmeyers and the Deadly Brothers, so... He goes, so here's what I want you to do for the six-man tag, man. And uh, I said, what the fuck do you want me to do, man? <laughs> he freaks out. He's going through the roof. He's going, oh, my God, oh, my God, can you do that out there? Because they were doing the parodies of Stevie Richards' as Diesel and uh, the Blue as Shawn Michaels. And I thought it might be fun, but it also might be a kind of a nail in the coffin of my career, too. Who knows with these things, you know? And it ended up kind of being both. But, um, anyway, uh, Shane Douglas is the booker there, and Scott Hall and him had had some heat. I believe um, Scott, maybe Kevin, maybe uh, Shawn Michaels had had stabbed um, Shane Douglas in the back, and he was the other booker there in ECW at the the time. So, Paulie says, hey, man, can you say this into the walkie-talkie? Shane's over there, and he's got heat with Scott. So. I said, sure, so I, he tells me what to say. And then uh, I sat down and said, hey, Douglas, you didn't think I was going to go to WCW before I came here to kick your ass, did you, man?" And and uh, he was looking around the locker room. His eyes are bugging out of his head. His veins are popping out in his neck. He's pissed right off. And I stand up, and I wave the walkie-talkie at him and I was smiling. And all the guys had goatees at the time, and I usually would in Japan too, but I grew in stubble because – everybody had a goatee and, um, so I could pull a strand of hair down, put a toothpick in and it had a, you know, similar trunks and boots and everything. And I had a black leather vest and one gold chain that I just wore out, you know? And, uh, uh Douglas does the same thing. He goes, Oh my God, Oh my God, can you do that out there? And I, so I asked, uh, Sabu who had gotten me in there and I asked, um, I think it was Jericho that was there at the time. Maybe it was Jericho, or uh, I hate to say it, what, but uh, I said, Do you think I should And He said, Well, it might get you a regular spot because of the parody spots, you know. I said, Yeah, okay. So I did it and, and um, walked out there, and the Dudley boys were out there, and uh, Hack Myers was out there, and uh, they played Low Rider, and he announced me a slice and dice for Ramirez. <laughs> and I walked out there. And, The crowd's kind of half laughing and and not really knowing what to do. And uh, I took the mic, and I said, Oya me, Chico. I said, Hack Myers. I said, Dudley Brothers, I got no problem with you, man. But Hack Myers, I'm going to kick you fucking ass. And did the crowd went through the roof. They went ballistic. And um, I think that was actually my last time working for ECW. And uh, and the match because the Dudley Brothers wanted to claim the territory we were extra stiff and they wouldn't let you get much in there and you know just tried to to squash you basically and I didn't take too well to that either so it's, it was a crappy match and um, Bret Hart I'd been talking to him for a couple of years and just gotten back from Germany after a six month tour out there and he got me a tryout as Rick Titan, which I think would have worked out you know, like longer term anyways. Um, I think as Rick Titan, you know, I was still about 280 or so and, and quite muscular, and like the character was good, and I'd been working on it for years, either as a heel or as a baby face. Uh, Brett got me a tryout in there, and it was mostly as a heel, and he fed me uh, Frank Stiletto, and I said... Frank, what do you want to do out there? And he goes, oh, you're you're big Titan from Japan, man. I'm just here to put you over. You tell me what you want to do. And I said, you know, really, what do you want to do? And he goes, no, I'm just here to put you over, brother. Just you, you tell me. And I said, okay. So I told him just a few little things and went out there and beat the crap out of him, basically. And uh, <laughs> I was supposed to have another match, too, with, I think, Tracy Smothers. And we had a good match called out back. And then Vader went too long. And... uh the, um, one of the uh, agents came back and said, yeah, you guys aren't going to have time to go on Vita went too long. And I was pretty choked because I knew it was going to be a really good match. And, and both of us were shy and, um, went home, didn't hear anything back. And then I uh, got a phone call from Vince McMahon on my answering machine at the time. And, uh, said, Rick, a, this is Vincent, man. Call me back at your earliest convenience of my home number. So I was home number, you know. Now, and, did you um, think that
3: was a joke, though, at first?
4: No, no. It, it sounded like him, and um, the number <laughs> sounded right. And uh, so, yeah, I called him back, and, and then he pulled his car sales and stuff on me. You know, the people want Razor Ramon back. I own the copyright, the trademark, the costume, the name. Um, you know, I want you to be my new razor among people really want razor back and I thought you know first, I said, well you know maybe you can we can call me Razor or something else, or I came up with sort of an antonio Banderas um idea as well, and he's like we can we can work on that we can talk about that later, but for now let 's do this and uh, I thought, well, you know Batman had a lot of iterations they had Del Kilmer, that George Clooney did, you know, Christian Bale and Michael Keaton. And I thought if they can pull it off with that, man, maybe we can pull it off with Razor Ramon. Um, but it, it didn't really, I think if they gave it more time, it might've worked out, but they didn't give it very much time, not much air time. Uh, New Yorkers, as usual, totally rejected it. and They just swore at me and, Called me names basically every time I stepped out there. Same with Diesel, Glenn, you know, Kane. Um, Kane, right? Yeah, and See, but that, on, on. Go ahead.
3: Okay, that that's uh That I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Uh, we have uh, the fake Razor Ramon, uh, and I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep saying that fake Razor Ramon because to me, uh, Razor Ramon is Razor Ramon, and I was happy when they brought you in as Razor Mode because Razor Mode is always going to be my favorite character and I'm not just saying that because it's you, but I yeah. mean, I wear my hair like Razor. Uh, <laughs> I can't talk like Razor because I don't have that Cuban accent. I'm I'm a Norsky. but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Rick Titan's our guest here. We've got 32 minutes here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you another uh, question and we'll kind of go around the room here and then uh, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll kind of circle back. So, sure. the first night uh, that was when they were doing a heel turn with Jr. Now uh, yeah. Yeah. he says, and he says in just a couple minutes, I'm going to bring Big Daddy Cool Diesel and Razor Ramon right out here. And then uh, then he goes through his thing, and uh, I'll tell you what, the show probably the best promo that Jr. ever cut. But he says, I'm going to bring back one of your favorites. He's the bad guy, Razor Ramon, and then you come out of the curtain. Okay Mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask you A couple questions About that Uh, First off What was it like When you first Stepped out of the Curtain From the back How long were you In the back Before you came out And what was it like When you
4: stepped uh, out Of the curtain Into the ring I was there for a while And I don't know See I didn't really know They were gonna try And pull us over As the originals At first like that I didn't know What his interview Was gonna be like Um, So You know And I it reeked of cheap heat and and <laughs> trying to pull a wool over people's eyes that would be absolutely impossible. Although I'm about three inches taller and I was about, you know, 20 pounds or 30 pounds of muscle heavier than Scott Hall. Um, you know, because a lot Jerry of people Lola
3: did he, say, I, I didn't mean to hurt you, but Jerry Law did say, well, he's a little taller than the last time I saw him.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then he also said, holy Millie, Vanilli, you know, and so that took away all credibility, but that's Lawler's style, you know, he's kind of a comedian, and um, I just think they could have, you know, if they're going to do it that way, they could have had me just do a quick run-in or something, eat the crap out of somebody, and then have me slink out of there like a slimy bastard, you know, rather than uh, him... Do this big like it, the first part, you know, about how badly he got treated and all that stuff. All that was great, but I I didn't like the way they did the second part. So I didn't know how to react, how to respond. I just tried to come out calm and cool and play the character the best I could. But yeah, I mean, I I didn't like a lot of things. But on the West Coast, we got out to San Diego and California. There are a lot of Latinos out there, and same as you, same as me, they just love the Razor Ramon character. So. When I came out, I was supposed to be a heel out there, and we're mostly wrestling uh, Furnace and LaFond. They were cheering for me when I came out there.
3: That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Rick Tite is our guest here. We have 30 minutes left with Rick. Uh, we'll kind of circle around, and we'll come back to me, and I'm going to ask you the real the real tough questions. I know I said I wasn't going to do that, but, you know, what <laughs> the heck. We're going to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Granny, sure. what do you got uh, for our guest, Rick Tite, not Rick Tite? Now, he did say that he was a heel, so what do you got?
5: Well, you know, first of all, hello, I'm just a big wrestling fan. That Granny Holster is just a gimmick name because I'm a huge fan of this sport. I have been for many years, and I've had this gimmick name for about 19 years, and I like to holler at the bad guys when I go to wrestling shows. That's what Granny does best. <laughs> yeah. I have just been fascinated listening to your stories. I mean, you know, I what has been one of your most memorable matches you've had
4: in your career yeah i have to say and i heard that you know you never know the truth backstage things get swerved i heard that kane and i were supposed to take the belts from davy and owen in that uh i think it was an in your house pay-per-view and then davy griped about it and they said okay we won't do that but that was one of the best matches we probably ever had and Singles matches, probably uh, Sabu and Mike Awesome were some of my best matches. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, you're absolutely fascinating. I mean, I just, I love that. I mean, when you, you know, I mean, you you did sound like, you know, Razor Ramon talking. I mean, I love the accent. I mean, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it was pretty pretty amazing,
4: so. Oh, thanks. Well, I learned a lot of Spanish, too. I travel with a lot of Mexican guys wrestled mexico and puerto rico so i i you know just from them i sort of learned a lot of the language and then the accent of it in english and you see scott hall lost the accent a lot of times and i tried to make sure that i was had that accent bang on Mm-hmm.
3: uh big swing what do you got we got uh we got rick Titan is our guest here we have uh well, we have a good uh, 27 minutes left with Rick. Uh, go ahead, Big Swing. What
0: do
1: you got for Ranger? Has, has Scott Hall himself ever reached out to you, talking about the gimmick and and saying, you know, either that he liked it or didn't like it, or or just kind of complimenting you on it, or what? Like, have you talked to him or?
4: No, I've never actually spoken to him, and you know, it didn't really matter to me. I mean, they went on and did the NWO thing. That was maybe the biggest. Thing in, in wrestling history, so um, what did it matter to him really? And we just never ended up having uh, cross paths, I guess, to, to ever talk. Oh, okay. Because I know a lot of these thing. guys,
1: you know, they they like their likeness protected. I mean, wrestlers, wrestlers in in general, whether whether they're WWE, WCW, or in the independent cycle, you know, they all have egos in a little bit, and uh, yeah. Yeah. The I, I think the whole portrayal was remember in WCW they were doing Oklahoma Joe they were they're making fun of JR they were doing a few things yeah. you know to try to get over on on WWF at the time and mm-hmm. even though they brought you guys out it was a little bit of a slap in the face to WCW because you know they Kevin Nash Scott Hall all of them had just left to go to WCW so I was just kind of wondering if if that had had any backlash. In the wrestling community for you Even though you were just doing what you were told to do
4: Not really You know some of the guys in the locker rooms In WWE didn't treat us That well especially Myself because I was considered More the green guy Glenn had been around And they'd seen him as Isaac Yankum and, And known him through some of the independents And I was a Canadian guy That mostly wrestled in Japan They didn't know me very well so You know there was some knocks and jabs But nothing too serious Um, Scott had, you know, knocked me in a few programs and and saying I was too fat to get into his old trunks that one of the girls behind backstage said she had, but my quads were actually, I was squatting five plates aside. I couldn't get his trunks halfway up my quads, so I wasn't fat, you know? Ah, Um, I hear you. Yeah. uh, yeah, Just things like that, but you, you just don't let it get to you either. I mean... Uh, I feel for him too. I My career was over when I was 29 and I had lots of opportunity after that. I, I ended up managing a health club after being a personal trainer, climbing the ranks there for pretty decent money. I got into real estate after that, studied for my license. Uh, had a good career doing that and now I'm getting more into finance and doing a lot of uh, one-on-one coaching with people. And, you know, Scott what's he been doing? Uh, he got himself in a lot of trouble, went in and out of rehab a whole 15 times. And he's probably, I'm guessing a multimillionaire, but, uh, you know, what, what is he really doing with his life? And, and I don't mean that, in a mean nasty way or anything like that, but if he wants to knock me, I'm, I'm just glad I got out fairly young so that I had opportunity to transform and and be a bit of a chameleon and go do other things I wanted to do with my life, rather be stuck at forty. Go, going. What the hell am I going to do? I don't know anything else. Mm,
1: true. That makes a lot of sense. sense.
4: That's awesome.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. Rick Titans, our guest here. We got about twenty-four minutes now. Uh, I'll understand. You know, if you, you know, you don't want to answer these uh, next few questions, but uh, okay. okay. Now, my first question is. There was a there was a guy that uh, they had you study film with, uh, Jim Cornette, Mister Tennis and swinger himself. Now I'm going to ask you a few yeah. questions about that. First off, what was it? What was it like? Uh, it's a two part question. What was it like uh, trying to learn from Jim Cornette, and also the fact that uh, I've heard on a few podcasts I've listened to him. I don't know if you have. But uh, there's been a few times that Jim Cornette has buried you and buried the idea. Tell us uh, your thought of that. Morning, Ray's remote is
4: working with Cornette. You know, he, he takes credit for everything that ever happened in wrestling. Chip Cornette. He thinks he created everything and everything was his idea. And he taught everybody, everything, everything they know. It's ridiculous. You know? So It was actually uh, Vince McMahon himself who taught me how to do the walk and swagger and more of the talk. Uh, Jim tried, but it was like this little school kid running around with this annoying nasal voice, running circles, trying to get attention and trying to teach, but everyone just ignoring him, really. That's exactly how it happened. And uh, whatever he wants to say, he can knock anybody he wants. I mean, he's had a lot of success in wrestling and, but he's the kind of guy that you you just you don't even want to be in the same room with. And if you're in a restaurant and there are waitresses around, you've got your hand over your forehead going, I don't know this guy. That's the kind of guy Jim Cornette's uh, like. He, he just He's not a pleasant person to be around. He's full of it most of the time. And he takes credit for everything when hardly any of it's due. So maybe he did a couple little things in there that might have helped out, but I can barely recall them at all. And as much as uh, I don't care for Vince's character as a human being, he was the one that, that really taught me how to do the, the character, you know, a lot closer to how I was trying to do it.
3: Uh, Rick Titan's our guest here. we got 21 minutes here left. You know, I'm also kind of curious, you know, because it was a heel turn for Jim Ross and the, the storyline, for people that don't know or don't remember, I'll kind of, do a little uh, abridged or underbridged, whatever the term is, I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. version of it. Basically, what it is, is it was supposed to be Jim Ross was supposed to be turning heel and he was supposed to be responsible for all the guys that were leaving and all the guys coming in because he was head
2: of talent. Yeah.
3: And uh, he said that he was going to bring back, obviously, Razor Moan, which was you, and uh, Diesel, which was Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane. So when. Do you feel that you they could they could have did a little differently, debuting you than what they did, because basically fans just kind of puked at it. Basically,
4: do you feel well, they have you done know he a could have even you? said I've got a, a bigger, better, stronger Razor Ramon. You know, he could have done something like that because the but you know what what it was it, it was all political. Vince McMahon just wanted to to spit in Scott Hall and Kevin Nash's face and say that I created you and you guys would be nothing if it wasn't for me. That that, that was Vince's deal on it. He didn't really care if Glenn or I were successful at the characters. Uh, he had to have known it wasn't going to get over, at least in the first year anyways, which they didn't even give us a full year there because they sent us to Mexico in the last three months of it. Um, he, I mean, when you've been around the business for that many years, you know what's going to work and what's not going to work. He hot shotted the angle with him for a one shot deal, where he came out with us. He they could have done it with him and a bunch of other guys, one after another. I mean that could have been a pretty cool angle in itself, right? It would have been almost like the NWO, a bunch of WWF guys going to WCW one after another, creating a bigger and bigger end, New World Order, and then bringing in, um, you know, these different guys under Cornette or uh, sorry under. Um, Jim as as heels and he could be their heel manager and keep griping about how he got fired and how he got screwed over by Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon's an asshole and just go on and on and just, you know, be red in the face, turn into the devil practically but I think Vince had his ideas of turning heel himself after a while and that uh, it just got cut short, it was a one-shot deal people if they saw it, they saw it. If he didn't, then they missed it. You know, you got to work something like that until it's really ingrained in the program. And then people start going, oh, okay.
3: You know, uh, one thing, though, and I don't know if you remember this, but my favorite line before you came out, when Jim Ross said. And so I get back into my car and I'm driving through that overpriced hellhole Connecticut and I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna tell my wife and my two little girls that their daddy had just got fired.
4: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> That's good.
3: Now did you uh after you know you did the, the, the fake razor thing did you did you uh did you officially retire then after that or did you catch try and catch on somewhere else?
4: I went to New Japan Pro Wrestling as Big Titan again uh, without paint and uh, became part of uh, the NWO Japan, actually. So uh ended up taking up with guys like Kurt Hennig and Scott Norton and um, uh, other guys from WCW and uh, had a pretty good run for about a year and a half there. Taking up with Masa Chono and the Great Muda and uh, Tenzan and... Um, you know, I, it was a good run for a year and a half. Uh, Wrestling Hashimoto for the heavyweight championship That a fantastic. That was one of my best matches too, probably. Um, and then got a, a from that DDT with Hashimoto, hairline fractures in my C5 C6 vertebrae. But I was sort of tired of the, you know, contracts running out here, running out there. There's no loyalty. They always talk about the boys not having any loyalty, man. If you try and stay loyal to, look to them, they're going to screw you over. So it's like, who screws who first, you know? Um, and I was a, always a pretty straight-up guy. And and uh, by that point, with New Japan Pro Wrestling, WWE was called Attitude at the time. Um, New Japan was called Strong Style. We were nailing each other. The forearm smashes, the chops, the karate kicks, I wrote a book called Wrestling with Consciousness, and um, it's available on my website, com And there's a little chapter in there about that match with Hashimoto, how stiff it was, and every night was stiff. So after you know another six months of that, my ankles, my knees, my hips, my back, all the way up to my temples, my eyeballs were screaming in pain, pounding every morning, all day, every day, and ended up taking lots of painkillers, and it was a tough, tough, you know, crowbar business there in New Japan, and um, so with that and the neck injury, it kind of sucked the life out of me, and I think the politics of it, the BS, and, you know, having to put up with loudmouth idiots like Jim Cornette, too, it just... After a while, you go. You know, this is this how I want to live my life?
3: Now, and you you have uh, no uh, plan or no wanting to go back into the business, correct? How long have you been out? Oh, it's been
4: twenty years now. Yeah. And
3: what um, what, what is you? Uh, I'm I'm going to ask you a few more questions about New Japan, but so. Mm-hmm. What uh, what do you keep busy with nowadays? Uh you know, if our fans so, wanted to catch up, you got a Facebook, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe, what do you got?
4: Yeah, yeah, I've got um some interesting things where I interview people, power profit and stress free and um you know, over the years things have transformed. It's it's been about seven years I've been life coaching people before that for about <laughs> Ten years, I uh, I was studying Taoism and Hinduism. Then I studied with a Tibetan Buddhist monk because I had you know anger issues and irritation issues and big ego and all that from wrestling. And I didn't know how to get away from that. I didn't know how to improve my life and feel better and just be a happy person, you know. And so I started seeking and and found these meditative practices and these great philosophies that. It really changed my life and I didn't expect to ever end up be teaching them but um, I, sure enough I ended up uh, talking to uh, a hormonal therapist who owned Better Medical Center, downtown Calgary and I do things over Zoom and um, Skype as well, coaching and also uh, so I call it Power Profit and Stress Free and getting my uh, my certifications for my financial planning as well because you know, 91% of Canadians and Americans are going to be pretty much broke at retirement. They just don't know how. Nobody ever taught them how to put their money into a higher earning um, mechanics and and you know the smartest ideas to do with it. And we we know a few things maybe from the wealthy barber put 10% away simple things like that but then it's the discipline to be able to do that so uh, you know it's never too late and uh, I think it's a I've 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 made a lot of money in my life but I spent most of it when I was wrestling I was in my 20s and young and just having fun and then through my 30s I'd uh, saved a lot but then um, went and bought a condo and then the expensive truck and all that stuff and the market crashed and so uh, things are building up again now, but this time with the the financial mindset behind things, things are getting a lot better. And I do believe that, you know, yeah, you, you've got to have peace of mind. You've got to be able to breathe and relax and be present and uh, find that happiness from within that space of peace and calm to have a nice life. You know, I, I people are missing out so much. If they don't know how to find those things because it's it just makes life so much more beautiful. But at the same time, uh being a little bit materialistic about it, it's tough when you're broke and it's stressful when you're broke and you're scraping for money, you know.
3: So so you uh you can uh you can teach uh you you can uh, you can teach people how to uh handle their finances and how to be smart with their money.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
3: And if uh if our fans uh wanted uh to talk to you about that, uh, you know, or if they wanted you to uh you know, dress up like no, i was gonna say dress up like Ray Ramone in a meeting or you won't do that, I'm just kidding. But uh yeah. if our if, if our fans wanted to uh you know, get some financial advice from you, uh what would they yeah. do? How would they get a hold of you?
4: Well, you can find me on Facebook or email me at rick dot com or even my website ricktitan dot com.
3: And, and a lot uh, of uh,
4: a lot of it as well um, would be former <laughs> athletes or people that have been police officers, uh, officers or judges, or people that were in a really hardcore type A career that are trying to learn how to come down from de stress, you know, find themselves. Find their their inner space of peace and calm, and learn how to enjoy life again. Because I found that very very difficult after that hard paced wrestling career, you know. And even with all the practicing, it took me years to to find that space of peace and calm, and be okay with myself, and and you know practice some egolessness, and um, learn how to be compassionate towards others, and and include them instead of it being all about me. Because when you have to be that driven. And you have to be that hardcore with everything. Uh, it's pretty hard to be about other people. You have to be all about yourself. You're forced into that and forced into having a big ego. And it takes a lot of work to, to find your way out of that. That's awesome. We have uh, Rick Titans, our guest here. We've got about nine minutes here left, give or take.
3: Uh, mm. We're going to see if uh, my co-host have a, a few other questions. I'm going to kind of circle back here because I uh, – there's some cool pictures on your profile. I got to ask you about if uh, we could yeah. chat about that for a little bit. Uh, Big sure. swing, granny, you got anything else for our guests uh, or should we circle back to me?
5: Oh, go ahead. I, I don't really have anything. I've just been fascinated listening to all these stories and everything. So
1: <laughs> thank you. And, uh, Big don't, swing, uh yeah, you same, anything? yeah, same, same thing, man. I'm just been, I've just been soaking it in. I'm, I'm all set. I kind of, if you want to, uh, yeah. Cause I know you have a whole notebook plan to ask him. So, you know, by all means, go ahead.
3: Well, you know, I will say one thing, Rick, and I do appreciate it. you're one of the, uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but you're one of the few guests that uh, doesn't have a restraining order on I me mean, that still lets me call him every now and then. So I appreciate that. Uh, okay. You've got a couple of pictures on your profile that I'm kind of curious about. Uh, there's mm-hmm. one, uh, It looks like you're kind of like doing a James Bond thing or a Johnny English thing. Do
4: you know which one I'm referring to? Oh, yeah. You know, there's um, a charity that they have every year, and uh, they call it the Triple O Seven 07 Charity. So we all dress up in a suit or a tuxedo, and then we have a gun or, you know, of course not a real one, uh, and take pictures for this James Bond-themed kind of a charity. So that's what that one is. Who's the gal next to you? I think it's Rena, Rena Chong, I believe her name is.
3: Oh, so that's like your girlfriend or something?
4: No, no. We're, we're
3: just oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, if you can give me your number, that'd be cool. Anyway, and then
4: <laughs> – I'm kidding.
3: Uh, there's another picture. Uh, you're holding up uh, some kind of title belt or something in a gray suit? Yeah, I was just messing gray around.
4: Shirt. I was um... – Uh, Harry Bulldog Smith and uh, Teddy Hart and they were having one of their uh, Hart Legacy shows so I just grabbed the belt off the table and took a quick picture of it I actually did some announcing for that show I I announced for a few of their shows and uh, you know great talent guys are fantastic athletes second generation well second and third generation basically um you know, it's, it's they're they're pretty unbelievable.
3: And uh, of course I gotta ask uh, I gotta ask a couple ego questions here. Uh we got sure. uh, Rick Titan here, uh the second razor moan, the best razor moan, if you ask me, because uh he's a friend of mine and I, I hope you're considering me a friend. Uh if not all understand. Uh we got about seven minutes here left with. Uh the the iTron made you a collector's car. What was your opinion on that? The
4: the collector's picture?
3: Yeah, the one with the, it looks like you're in a baseball card.
4: Yeah, fantastic. All right, that see looks now good. you are and you are very good
3: and you are free to use that in any any publicity you want, just as long as everybody asks you. Uh, you can they, who made it? You can say, well, you know, I got this ego like maniac. He's out <laughs> in North Dakota. There, he's like buried up to his neck in snow. But give him a call. I'm sure he'll make one for you
4: too. <laughs> sure thing.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
3: And, uh, the other thing I was, I was kind of curious with the, uh, with the, uh, you know, your financial, I believe it's, uh, Powered Profit and Stress-Free, correct? That's the name of it? Yes. Yeah. Now, is that something that you you had to, you had to go to college for, or, uh, is that a business that you
4: just started yourself? Well, it's been over, like I said, uh, seven or eight years of coaching people and finding out what's important to them and a lot of it's questions, um, and then suggestions, but, uh, a lot of it's deeper, you know, spiritual questions too about purpose in life. So sort of business, you know, I've, I've done well in business, uh, myself and about four different types of business. Then a lot of public speaking, um, spoke with Dr. John D. Martini from the movie, the secret, Laurel Langmeier from the movie The Secret. And, you know, power is different to each person. So I dig through with them and I make suggestions and we find out and we go through meditations and go into the subconscious mind and pull things out that are important, what's most important to them. And not in a rude way, but to hell with everybody else, right? What's important to you? That's the most important thing. What fills your heart up? What gives you fulfillment? Uh, What's going to be your purpose and then grinding through that and that can be a process and then also to find that to understand that about your that self-exploration To go into that meditative state to be able to to go into your subconscious mind at, at will, you know, it's quite a quite a technique And you can find out and learn a lot of things about yourself and living your highest self so that's the power part. You know, if the power part does mean, yes, yeah, squatting 500 pounds like I did, or if the power part is being able to have the guts to stand up in front of a group of 500 people and deliver a fantastic speech. I mean, a lot of people will say uh, they would rather be the person in the coffin than the person doing the eulogy. That's how fearful people are, public speaking a lot of times, right? Awesome. So whatever. You know, and, uh, yeah, whatever. You,
3: uh, you know, and... Uh there's one thing I do got to let you know. I was, you know, I was cruising through your page and, uh, uh, there's a book I ordered that you were pitching and, uh, I, she must be a friend of yours, Denise, Mar uh, Mago. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, her yep. book is called She's... happy naked. And, yeah. uh, do you think you might be able to hook her, hook us up with her to get her on our show? So we can have her talk about the book.
4: Absolutely. Um, why don't you um i mean you can you can message her and tell her that you did a podcast with me she's pretty pretty cool uh pretty open uh world friends too so um you know you even send her a recording of this um yeah she's she's got a lot of great ideas and and she's very positive and has been with some um some great trainers too some great facilitators and done a lot of public speaking herself so
3: and she's under Denise Mago on, on Facebook?
4: Yep. Probably D-Mago, okay. D-E-E. Yeah.
3: Probably D Mago. d e e Yeah, I uh I can't wait to get this book. I, I saw it on your page and I had to order it. Uh and, awesome. you know, any 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 book called Happy Naked, you know the icon is gonna check it out. <laughs> I know that's not what it's about, <laughs> but I yeah. uh you know, it's like you know I I just have to I have to get a copy. Because it's like, and I, and I want to talk about it. After I, uh, I'll read a little bit of it, then I'll, I'll contact her and get her on the show. So uh, we yeah. got about uh, three minutes here left with uh, Rick here. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, Rick, I do appreciate you taking time on your schedule. I hope I haven't scheduled we haven't scared you way too much, and I hope I haven't been no. too much of a pest uh, uh, texting you and calling you and. Uh, I think I may have left you like a hundred voicemail messages. I do apologize for that, but uh, real, real quick here, the other thing I was going to ask you, I don't know if you can do it or not, but uh, do you think you might be able to send us some uh, autographs or some giveaways if I send you an uh, address?
4: You know what? I, I'm gonna to have to dig up some pictures to do that because I think I might have might have one or two just kind of laying around, hidden away here, but I could do something like that. Yeah. Well, as long as we can
3: get them for our big December show, we have a big December giveaway show coming up, and if we can okay. get them by then, that'd be cool. And then sure the thing. other question, I was I, I, a Bernie question I have to ask, a, a person who texted me this asked me to ask you this, did you get to keep any of the costumes that you wore when you were doing Razor?
4: You know, I believe I've got some tucked away in a bag somewhere in storage, because, I mean, to me it's sort of like being the old high school football captain, you know, if you're the guy, I'm almost 50 years old here, and still fit and hopefully because of the meditation I look younger than I am, but uh, it's pretty sad and pretty pathetic when the guy's running around at near 50 years of age going, yeah, I was the captain of the high school football team, aren't I important, aren't I special? Or for me to be running around going, yeah, look at these old razor trunks from half my life ago, aren't I important, aren't I special? <laughs> it's it just you know, it doesn't really matter to me anymore. It was something I did, and it was a cool experience. But, uh, I mean, it's easy for, for someone to say who's done it. But, um, yeah, that stuff's kind of just tucked away and uh, mostly forgotten about. Well, I'll tell
3: you, uh, I'm a big sportsman and video collector. If you ever decide that you want to sell them or uh, put them on loan, give me a call. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll make you a good offer. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Rick. Uh, I know that uh, you're a busy man and uh, you got to get back to your uh, your stuff. So we do appreciate you joining
4: us, and you've been awesome. Thank you. All right, my pleasure. Great, thanks. Thanks Scott. for being on, Rick Thank part, you Granny gentlemen,
1: gentlemen, All right, the guys. man, the appreciate myth, it. legend, Rick Tate. Thank you, buddy. So that was awesome, hey guys. Now, fake Razor done, Ramon off. or not, it was a cool interview.
3: Yeah. And uh boy, I'll tell you what, man. Uh just think he got to do something that both Big Swing and I want to do, being the being the squared circle with JR. You know? Yeah. For sure. But uh so you guys we got a big show next week. Uh we got the Cuban assassins uh with us next week. We have uh Super Genie Melissa Coates, uh, she manages Sabu currently, and we have Pat Piper. He's going to tell us about what it was like keeping up with Roddy Piper versus Jerry the King Lawler, and turning on Jerry the King Lawler when Jerry the King Lawler thought he had him in his back pocket. So we're going to talk
1: to him about that. All right, that sounds like a plan.
3: And also, uh, I should—I I, I'm going to do this. I promise I would. And also, sometimes the icon is on Sunday nights, on Cut the Promo podcast with Jordan Garber, JG. You know, if you want to tune into that show, of course, this is a better show. It always has be. <laughs> you can still check him out.
1: All righty. Well, we will see you guys next week. Another great show. And, uh, yeah,
0: we'll back. Dead man walking. You've done it now.